You can travel without a towel if you want, if you're mental. We can talk about towels for the next half an hour if we want to make this what episode really exciting. exciting. podcasting this going on right now. Welcome to the Towel Podcast. I think we're going to do an entire episode just on towels. 40 minutes on towels. This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Monday we talk travel and money. Ultimate travel hacking tips and destination advice recorded on location. We also interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Travel Mondays, episode 059. In this episode, we are talking about the realities of carry-on-only travel. Yeah, we went carry-on-only January 2015, so we've been, was it eight, nine, nine months? Almost ten months. Ten months now. But yeah, we've done a winter, we've done a spring, and we've done summer travel, so our packing priorities have adjusted as we go along. But of course, the good news is we haven't paid for baggage or waited in check-in lines or at the baggage carousel at the end of a flight. We've just avoided all that. We walk straight into security with our pre-printed ticket. We just walk straight through. It's great. And less weight to carry around. Yeah, it's much, much less weight than what we were previously carrying when we had a big backpack. Big backpack that I was previously carrying. Yeah, but I had to carry the laptop and stuff. Oh, my. Oh. Still, it's not all rainbows, is it? There's been a few challenges along the way. We've uh, lost a couple of things at airport security. But after 10 months, I'd say we've pretty much got it down. We haven't really got that many major issues, but we want to talk about the things that have gone well, things that have gone badly, like the things that you need to think about if you're going to go carry on only, if you're planning your very first trip, or if you're becoming a digital nomad, for example, like... Is 10 to 12 kilos enough for you? Well, we're going to talk about whether it's enough for us and what's happened. And uh, you could decide, is 10 to 12 kilos really going to keep you going indefinitely for like one to two years or more on the road? Yeah. So the reason we're talking about this on today's podcast is because we recently released our ultimate dream minimalist packing list. So this is not what we actually travel with, but it's like if someone just handed us $5,000 each to start from scratch, what would we buy that would be different, that would be the most optimal minimalist travelers, that would make us the best minimalist travelers on the planet? Yeah, exactly. Because there's some things we did wrong. We should have just, when we did have an income, like a regular, like... A real life. Yeah. A real life as opposed to a blogging income. Exactly. When we had like our other jobs, we probably should have not just gone, oh, well, that'll do with certain things. We should have down, well, we should have upgraded and downsized and made it a lot more easier but for let's ourselves. not forget, back when we started, some of these products that we now have, well, and we're going to exist. talk about them, they didn't really exist. Didn't exist. Even some of the backpacks that are specially for digital nomads that we're going to talk about later, they didn't really exist. I no. mean, they were sort of, they were on the cards. Maybe they were in Kickstarter back then in early 2013, like 2012. Maybe... But now they are definitely available and we want to talk about a few of those things that are making digital nomad life much easier. So that's today's episode. Anyway, it's time for the news. Let's do the news. News, 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 news. Listen to the news because it's good. Ooh, listen to the news because it's good. I just came up with that. This is, this is great. This has gone well. This is a new jingle. That one might stick. It might. We'll use that one every week. Or we'll just completely forget by next week we that you did it. <laughs> yeah, I'll go on something different. I think that's probably different. a bit more likely. So, yeah, we're in Bangkok. And we're making plans to move to Chiang Mai for six months. That's sort of our long-term plan, which will be the longest we have been in one place for like three years. I know. I told my parents and they were like, what? Say what? So what are you going to be in one place and like close so we can come visit? They're like saving already. We don't even have an apartment yet in Chiang Mai, but they're saving to come spend like at least three of the six months, I'm sure. (laughs) Maybe. But still, um, we said a few episodes ago that we were thinking about moving to Chiang Mai. We've been talking about it for a while, but we ended up coming to Koh Samui and Koh Phangan instead because we were talking at the uh, Koh Phangan Bloggers Retreat, which is awesome. And thanks again for Dave Brett for setting that up. Awesome time. Awesome Mm -hmm. bloggers. Awesome people. So, um, yeah, we're probably going to be Chiang Mai bound pretty soon. We're just going to head out of Thailand for a bit, figure out our new visa. They are 
technically bringing in the new six-month visa in Multi-entry. mid-November. That is what has been written in the news. That is what they are saying is happening on like the 13th of November. We shall M- Full see. multi-entry visa for 5,000 baht, which uh, I can't do that calculation that quickly in my head, but it's about $140 for a six-month multi-entry visa. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's totally. pretty good value. But watch this space. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, they like to change their visa regulations all the time, so we'll see. But the plan is to head to Chiang Mai, so if you are living in Chiang Mai, if you're one of those digital nomads that are up there, we look forward to meeting you soon. Mm -hmm. We'll be hanging out for a couple of beers in some co-working spaces or cafes or, well, bars. And we'll be eating khao soy because it's like the tastiest Thai food ever. Kassoy. If you don't know what khao soy is, look it up on Google. It's well, it's like one of those curry. things that you just don't really get anywhere but in Northern Thailand. It's a very North Thailand dish. You don't see it in Bangkok a lot. You'd have to look for it. But anyway, that's the news. Today on this episode, we are talking about traveling the world with just those bare essentials. As we said earlier, we've been living for 10 months with about 12 kilos each. That's 27 pounds in American language, whatever that means, I don't know. You go to pounds and I instantly get lost. 27 pounds in English language is a nice meal out for two. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 27 quid, 27 pounds. Well, actually, I think in England these days, you'd be lucky to get a nice meal out for two, but you might get a very budget meal out in the pub for two for 27 pounds. Uh, But still... Yeah, that's a form of weight, apparently. I put kilos into my little widget that I've got on my desktop, and it turned the kilos into pounds. I know, it's, it's also, it's, it's like when you try to change things into Fahrenheit, and I'm just like, oh, I got no idea. Yeah, because they're like, it's 100 degrees today, and I'm like, what? <laughs> you should I'm be gonna dead. Die. Everyone's going to die. I'm sitting sun. in boiling water. the ah. face of the sun. It's all going particularly badly. So... Okay, there you go, 27 pounds. I think we've labored that point enough. (laughs) Yeah, so one of the main problems we did face was in order to go truly streamlined, you really need the latest lightweight travel gear, which costs a buttload. Because it's the best stuff. It is, it's the best of the best. So, you know, it's, it's it's good for a reason and they put the price tag accordingly, right? So we did pitch a couple of brands and we got some really fantastic stuff. I'm super impressed with some of the stuff we got, but not all of our old clunky stuff could get replaced. Well, we have this issue, and I'm sure anyone else who's pitched companies has this issue. Uh, Mac, Apple Mac, do not care. give out free <laughs> products to blog. Actually, we didn't even try. <laughs> we, why would we try? I think it's quite well known they don't. We actually tried to pitch Western Digital, who make hard drives, and they said, you can have it for a month to test it, then you have to send it back to us. Yeah. And we're like, are you serious? It's like a $150 hard drive. I think that's how it works in the electronics world. It's though. crazy, yeah. They just mm-hmm. don't give it out for free. You get to test it, you get to send it back, which is Wipe all your porn off and send it back clean. It's going to take ages to wipe the porn off. It's not even (laughs) worth worth getting a hard drive. But still, also, I'm carrying my 2010 MacBook Pro, which weighs in at like four kilos, which is like 7,000 pounds. I don't know in America, but it's anyway, it's heavy in the case that and like the power adapter, even the power adapter is heavy because Meg just got her. She upgraded. She got to upgrade. She upgraded first because her old laptop died, whereas mine's still alive. So I didn't get to upgrade mine. I have to put up with what I've got. But even like her adapter plug that powers the, the MacBook weighs half what mine does. My, you know, they've optimized everything in the last five years. It's my crazy. MacBook Air is actually lighter than my iPad that I carry around in my handbag. So yeah, lighter than the iPad 3, that's, which is... So, my, yeah, my whole computer changed. is so light. It's just insane. But it does mean we've got a MacBook Air and an iPad, which sort of becomes silly. So eventually, when the iPad dies, we'll just chuck that out. I, I mean, I keep trying to get someone to steal my handbag, and they're just not doing it. Anyway. Uh, why do we even pay for insurance when no one will steal our handbag? <laughs> Your handbag. It's not my handbag. Let's not say that. So, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, we had to pay for the MacBook Air. It costs a lot of money. They do. You can get cheaper laptops, but we like Mac. They're very reliable. Yeah, we had this argument with plenty of people. We like yeah. Mac. That's blah, the end blah, of the blah, story. Blah, 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 blah. If you don't like Mac, you're not going to buy a Mac. We're not going to convince you to buy a Mac. But eventually, when our piggy bank gets a little bit more full and my computer starts to become intolerably annoying, I'm going to upgrade to a 13-inch MacBook Pro Retina. Or by the time I actually get to upgrade in a year or so, it might be like MacBook Pro 12-inch magic supercomputer that's oh, even smaller, half the size. But yeah, I just need a bit more power because I'm doing audio and video and photo editing all the time. 
And MacBook Air is pretty damn good if you're just doing the basics and doing web browsing and writing articles and shit like that. But yeah, if you're doing that really hardcore stuff, you just need a little bit more going on, a bit more hard drive space, that sort of shit. Yeah, but, but we're not going to go into complete detail about absolutely every single tiny thing that's in our perfect packing list because no. that would take bloody forever. We, and we have an article about it, so you can just yeah. go check out the article. So drop around to travelfreedompodcast.com slash packing. And that will redirect you to our Backpacking for Beginners site where the article is living right now. Yeah, do not be put off by the fact it's on our Backpacking for Beginners site. It is aimed at everyone who goes backpacking. It doesn't aim the extra little bits and pieces that you might consider for digital nomads, which is actually what we want to talk about in this episode. So this is like a supplement to the article. All the basics are in there, all the stuff you'd need. And then on top of that, a few extra things like, yeah, extra hard drives you might want to consider. That's a good one to start with. Um, also, we want to talk about a couple of additional backpacks that are actually a lot more expensive, but very much aimed at digital nomads. We'll be talking about those in a few minutes. They're not on the article because there's no way a basic backpacker who's just going on a one-month trip, trip is going to spend $300 on a specialized digital nomad backpack, They're pretty obviously. Special. They're pretty special. They're really specialized. They're really good. So we're going to talk about those as well. And we're going to talk about the positive and negative elements of being carrying on only. Because it's not all sunshine no. and rainbows. But it's mostly good. I have to say it's mostly good. But we will talk yeah. about the bad stuff as well so you can get an Most idea if it's for sweet. you. So first, let's talk about backpacks anyway, because that's the big one, isn't it? You've got to get one of those. Um, please remember also, as we go through this, if you want to help support our podcast, don't just look these up on Google. Simply go to the packing list, uh, travelfreedompodcast.com slash packing, and use the links, because then we make a little bit of commission on Amazon. And as always, we don't just recommend shit stuff. Why would we do that? We suggest the right options based on either what other travelers have told us or what we have used ourselves. In fact, I think we're pretty open with what we think shit. <laughs> Sometimes we do insult people, like Kale. <laughs> like Kale. Don't go yeah. and use our affiliate link for Kale. That's a fake affiliate link. <laughs> it actually, what it does if you use that link... It's going to just send you to a YouTube video of a cat jumping into a box. <laughs> and and like being be. executed by Kale. Like the Kale's <laughs> just going to cut this cat's head off. It's disgusting. It's really upsetting. You do not want to see the affiliate link for our Kale business, which doesn't exist. So not only is it going to be easier using our list anyway, because it's all listed out, but it's helping us out as well. So we'd really appreciate it if you do that. As we said, a couple of the things won't be on that list because they're just for digital nomads, digital nomads, and we are going to specify which ones are not on that list. Only a couple of things. Okay, so obviously your pack needs to be light and it needs to be within the specific max dimensions of any airline it's pretty important to remember that some airlines have some really strict rules yes. stricter than others. and this can change from countries to continents. So, you know, you're Americans out there, you know, definitely make sure you check your regulations because it's going to be different to Europe. We know about Europe and Asia because that's where we travel around. So we save a lot of money by traveling budget airlines with uh, AirAsia, EasyJet, Ryanair. That's our benchmarks, but definitely check with your own Personal airlines, if you are in the United States or somewhere else, just to make sure that you fit within those guidelines. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the actual physical numbers of inches of size and liters isn't going to be that interesting. So if you want to look that up, it is on the article. You can check that out. But as a real sort of baseline, if you're under seven kilos, there's very few airlines that don't let you take seven kilos. I have heard that there are ones that have a five kilo limit. Yeah, but they're big jerks. They are real assholes. Just you don't fly with them. You must be getting a really cheap flight for that. You'd want to be. I don't think you're getting shit. I think you're just getting ripped off. Yeah, that's, that's so, yeah. screwed up. Seven kgs in your main pack and a side bag, which could be a laptop, can be your DSLR camera, or it could be a oversized handbag, which I like to carry around yep. because they're in fashion at the moment and they can't judge my handbag size. Yeah, exactly. And uh, all of the backpacks we're going to recommend, as far as we know, they are all under any sort of restricted size. I don't think any of them are going to be over it, but you will have to double check before you book a flight with anyone. No responsibility. No responsibility at all, because we have no idea next month someone could just go, our airline is going, you can bring just a camera and all the rest of your stuff has to go in the hole. We've got no idea what people are going to do. But right now we've had a lot of experience flying with various budget airlines. We also flew with Aeroflot, who's a regular standard airline from Russia. They are not budget, they're a regular price, um, full service sort of airline, but no alcohol on the flight. 
we're not recommending them. No alcohol on the flight. Terrible. But still, they let us pretty much just walk on with whatever the hell we had. We yeah, didn't have any problems. Um, and in fact, we haven't really had anyone check the weight as we've tried to walk on anything. We haven't. We've been really lucky with that, but it doesn't mean that it won't ever it happen. happen. So if your bag looks oversized, they might check it. But our yeah. bags are exactly the right size. We booked the ones. We bought and they're the not the like right. bulging out like we're pretty good at packing these days. Yeah, yeah. We have got it down, which but is what we're you talking could get, about. Yeah, if you do try and go over the weight restrictions, you could get called out. But some of the weird airline restrictions involve us having to repack stuff. So what we've done is we've sort of got this re relatively flexible system where we know, like, if we're traveling with this airline, we can put this stuff in this bag and then we'll get on the airline. But then if we're going to another airline, we have to repack the bags in a different way. So it's like, they actually all pretty much let you on with exactly the same stuff. It's just how you pack it as opposed to what you have, which is really, really weird. So for example, EasyJet, which is a really big company, airline company in Europe for budget, they will let you have any weight. If you can fit it in the bag and you can carry it, you can take it on the flight. They're not gonna weigh it, but it is within the size restriction. But you can't take a side bag. You can't take a handbag. You can't even take a small handbag. They are like that fucking strict. I mean, you might get One away with a clutch. Like if you just had a small purse, you might get away with it. But anything much beyond that, no, not going to happen. So you've got to leave enough space in your pack so that you can pack all your heavy stuff in there as well. And you've actually got the physical dimensions to fit it all in. Whereas someone like Ryanair, they're like, well, you can bring a laptop on the side. You can have a big bag on the side. Um, AirAsia is the same. You can have a laptop on the side. So I just stick loads of shit in my laptop bag. That gets my weight in my main pack down to seven kilos or so. It's normally about eight kilos, but they don't, they don't really weigh it. So you'd be really unlucky. You can just pull stuff out of that bag and stuff it in your laptop bag and go, hey, you said I can have a laptop bag. You just wear it. You wear yeah. it. You can put whatever you've got that's heavy, wear it. If you've got heavy shoes, which, goddamn, you should not have heavy shoes. Don't take heavy shoes. We're going <laughs> to talk, talk about, about that, that later on. Bit, yeah. You do not take heavy shoes. That's terrible. But yeah, now that we've hit Southeast Asia, we ditched all of our winter stuff that we had while traveling around Europe, which has made things way, 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 way easier. In yeah. Europe for winter and spring, actually, because it was still pretty chilly. The we weather's had, so unreliable in uh, Europe. Spring was up and down. Yeah. So you, we actually had like an extra shopping bag like one of those big like big supermarket bags. yeah like Aldi kind of ones that we put all of our winter coats we put our umbrellas we put our water and snacks and then we had to fold that all down when we got to the airport so it looked like we had nothing yeah it was quite a clever system there might be a video one day if I get time to edit it because we did film a video of us yeah repacking at the airport it's we pretty did. insane so it pretty much just came down to the fact that everything that was in that bag could legitimately be held worn tied around the waist layered it to and they couldn't say anything they had to let us board the plane yeah because it was just like, oh, but this is my coat. This isn't part of my regular bag. Or this is my umbrella. I'm just holding it because it was raining three weeks ago and I thought it might rain again today. <laughs> like, great yeah, it was my plastic water bottle because I was just having a drink. So you could just walk on with this shit. Yeah, I've got my sweater around my waist. I've got three sweaters around my waist because it's winter in Europe and it's really cold. So, you know, it's crazy. But coming to Asia, we basically swapped out all of that. Well, not even swapped it out. We literally just got rid of it. We sent it back to England and I never want to see you again. Don't want to wear that anymore. So we also swapped out quite a lot of heavier fabrics like t-shirts and we have now swapped them for much lighter clothes. When we got to Bangkok, we bought a few new things and ditched all our heavy stuff, jeans and crap like that, which you shouldn't really travel with jeans. We just wanted to wear jeans. And as long as you can wear them whilst you're going on the plane, it doesn't matter because they're not going to make your bag heavy. But once the summer comes and it's hot and you have to pack them in your bag, jeans are a terrible idea. You do not need them. But they are, they're nice. I like to wear jeans. I like wearing, I'm a jeans girl. I'm yeah. definitely 100% a jeans girl. In fact, that's going in our list of things that we're sad we can't wear. Jeans. And we can't carry because yeah. it's just too heavy, really. But we did it for a little bit and we got away with it and it wasn't a problem. So, yeah, we ditched that whole bag and that was a big bag. That's like the... Yeah, super oversized shopping bag. But uh, speaking of getting away with it, actually, uh, we didn't get away with everything, of course. Uh, we actually, we made it through security quite a few times. In the UK and Spain, we made it through with a penknife. 
without any problem and we're like well yeah it's tsa sized pen knife it's like the maximum size that's allowed according to the tsa website we researched it we, we researched it to make sure that it wasn't going to get confiscated so we went through a few times and we're like cool no worries it's the right size then we were in morocco yeah and it got confiscated because they like, made like stabby like yeah you can stab you stab. Like, oh, stab stab we're like well but we're not going to He's like, no, 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 you stab, stab. And like, it's like you're accusing us already of stab, stab. I was like, this is TSA sized. It's like six centimeters. That's the maximum size. And then he showed me this other knife he'd confiscated earlier that was like one centimeter. It's like the smallest pen knife I've ever seen. I don't even know what practical use there would be for it. And he's like, I confiscated this earlier. And I was like, I'll swap you my six centimeter one for that. And he's like, no, none of them are allowed. No, it's yeah. a knife. Like, uh, oh, but okay. you know, it, you can get, you can go off as much as you want, but eventually, you know, you've just got to yeah. go, fine, okay, take it, that's fine. We also replaced it with a corkscrew in Romania that we had. And we made it through quite a few security places with that corkscrew. But once we hit Bangkok, they were like, no, you could stabby stabby. You could open someone's face with this and pull the wine out of them. I've seen Con Air. Yeah, I mean, you could hurt someone. You can't. And that's the thing. You just go, all right, fine. That, and this is why you shouldn't spend too much money on these items. Fortunately, a $3 corkscrew getting thrown away wasn't the biggest deal. Yeah. So other than that, apart from water getting confiscated and a few unhappy officers because, you know, we were pushing the limits of how many hundred mil bottles we were taking on board. That's always been interesting. Yeah. But we honestly, we haven't had too many big dramas. Yeah, I think like the general advice I give is 600 mil bottles per person is the maximum you should really try. If you're not worried about having some of it confiscated, then by all means go for more. There are things like toothpaste where if it's 125 mil toothpaste, but you've used like 50 mil already and you just roll it up a bit, we've never had them say a word. No, and there's like little no. things like nail polish. We don't even put that in the little plastic bags. We leave it in the main bags, never said a word. I never put my gloss in or anything no. like that either. Not saying you it. couldn't have a problem, just saying we haven't. We haven't so had any problems. It's now we've probably jinxed ourselves. Yeah, Next who time knows? we fly it'll all be taken off us. Two dollar nail polish, who cares? But we did have a very angry security lady in Bristol who made us repack every single bottle into their tiny plastic bags because we'd use just a regular kitchen plastic bag zippy bag and she's like no it must be the regulation size bag right. we're like okay great but she actually let us take three bags between two people which normally it's supposed to be one bag per person so she didn't make us throw anything out no, she's just like you have good. to use the right bags who knows what a random story bristol in england in case you didn't know which bristol i'm talking about i know there is one in the u.s as well i think or canada can't remember but yeah uh, it's been Really pretty plain sailing. We haven't had that much problem. Uh, we also replaced our full-size tripod, which we'd actually travelled with for quite a long time. We did travel around Europe with this as well. We'd only just replaced it because... We were sick of it. We are sick well, of the side of it. it <laughs> it's, it's huge. It's huge, and I only use it like once every two weeks. When I use it, it's pretty useful, but once every two weeks, I figured, let's get a mini tripod. Let's try that out. We've left it in Bangkok. We might be able to pick it up if we need it, but I reckon we're never going to need it. Yeah, we haven't thrown it out. It's yeah. just... We'll go and pick it up if we need it, otherwise it'll end up getting thrown out. But the main reason I got rid of it is actually not just because it takes up way too much space in my backpack, but because when we have traveled in Asia before, we have found that Asian security does not like large tripods and does not like long umbrellas. Those are two strange, random things that they're like, nope, you can't take that through. I'm like, it's an umbrella. You think I'm the penguin? Have I got poison in the end of it? Yeah. I'm going to stab the shit out of everybody. You're watching old school Batman. I'm old school Batman. So anyway, I've got a mini tripod now. It only weighs like 300 grams rather than one kilo. It fits in my actual camera case. And it goes on tabletops. It goes on walls if I want to set up the camera on a wall and we take photos of us. Yeah, it's cool. Used it a few times. Probably going to use it a bit more, but... I never really use the tripod that often anyway, so. And there you go. Overall, if you follow our list and stuff from our website, you shouldn't really have any security issues. We've sort of put in things that you, yeah. Well, anything that's on that list is fine. We've left off the things that we had problems with. So let's actually get into what these backpacks are that we're talking about. What are our recommendations for backpacks? Yeah, so for regular backpackers, on the article that we have, we suggest the Osprey Fairpoint 40 which is the higher end option as... Yeah, it's a well thought out bag. Yeah, and it's also got really good ratings. It's a really popular bag. Lots of people like it. We also have seen that really good ratings go to the e-bags motherload, which is actually a cheaper option. It's got some really neat little functions to it as well, extra pockets. So that's also something to, to check out I as well. I think the e-bags motherload is better designed, slightly better designed for carry-on travel. 
but not necessarily as durable because it's a cheaper bag. Just saying the Osprey stuff is really well known for being very durable. If you're going on a three, four year trip, you don't know when you're finishing. The chip's going to last. That's probably a better thing. We are going to talk about some digital nomad bags in a minute that are even better though. So stick with us. Don't just leave and buy the Osprey yet. It could be good for you if you're going on a one or two month trip, three month trip, and you're not going to be a blogger. But yeah. okay. Also, Cabin Zero is the bag that we use. And this is a really basic pack. It's When I say basic, I mean it's like really lightweight and really simple. It doesn't have all those extra pockets and zips everywhere, that, which add a little bit to the weight sometimes. So yeah, really simple bag. It seems to mainly be available in the UK. And Hong Kong. Uh, and Hong Kong, apparently, which is probably because they're UK related still. I don't Somewhere know. Somewhere in Asia. Don't trust us. We don't know what we're talking about. Somewhere in Asia. Cabin Zero is a really small company though, that is based in the UK. And their bag was actually designed specifically to meet Ryanair's rather tight restrictions. It's exactly 44 litres. They have made the perfect use of the dimensions to make it the maximum volume that is possible. That's one of the main reasons we pitched them. And they sent us a bag and we've been trying them out for nine months. And it's a really good durable bag. We've had absolutely no issues with the bag. We'd like to have a waist strap. It doesn't have one. If you're not carrying about 10 kilos, 9 kilos, if you're carrying a little bit less, like 6 to 7, you probably wouldn't really need it. No, I wouldn't but we just We are a few kilos over most of the time, and we sort of repack stuff as we go through the airport, but normally the actual bag is a little bit over. We also really like the fact that it's front-loading as well rather than top-loading. So if you do have to shift stuff around and you do have to repack quickly or just... Just packing it all just is really simple because you've got that front-loading option. Yeah, most of the packs we're talking about do have front-loading options. So, you know, it's same, same. I'm not sure if the Osprey does, actually. No, it's a top-loader. No, that's the top-loader. That's the only top-loader. So, yeah, it's a good durable backpack, but maybe it's not the best choice for someone who's digital nomad, as we said. But um, uh, Cabin Zero is great because it's less than $100. Yeah, it's one of those ones in the sub-$100 category. Also, Cabin Max is the super-budget option. Honestly, if we saw you... Someone traveling, we saw someone traveling yes. with one the other day. We were kind of like eyeing it off without trying to look dodgy that we were staring at someone's backpack. Because she was like, what are you looking at my backpack for? If you want the cheapest backpack that is designed specifically for a carry-on traveler who doesn't have a second backpack with them, then that's the cheapest one. That's the only reason we recommend it. We're not recommending it because it's in any way going to be the best one. But, but I do also think they get quite good ratings. Yeah, at the price point, they're getting good ratings. Yeah. But what's happening six months down the line? Don't know. Don't know. If you're going on a two-month trip, three-month trip, sure, Check go for the it. reviews before you yeah. go Yeah, we haven't used purchase. it. We haven't used it. But I think it's it's got all the features you need at a very low price point. That's the only reason we're mentioning it. So those are the packs that are for everyone. If you are a digital nomad and want a business long-term, like a businessy long-term cabin pack, the most popular two options are Tortuga and Manal. And links to the show notes for these ones, travelfreedompodcast.com slash 059, because as we said, they are not for regular backpackers, so they're not on the packing list article, but we've put links on the show notes. Yeah, so these are not listed in our packing list, mostly because they're kind of out of the budget range of what we tend to work with they're they're a little bit expensive but that's because well they're just not any use to a basic backpacker that's the main point why would you take a digital nomad backpack for 300 bucks when you could get a regular backpack for 100 bucks yeah so the cheapest tortuga is about 175 bucks the manal is about 300 bucks but i checked out uh josh i think his name is josh josh from now was at tbex in costa brava and i actually got to check out one of their bags up close and personal and it is just really well put together they figured really out everything. well put together. It is an impressive bag. Every bit of functionality a professional traveler or digital nomad might want, they pretty much put it in the bag. I hope so I got his name right. They've got it in the bag. Oh, See what I did there? See what I did there? Yeah, exactly. Wama Lama Ding Dong. Wama Lama Ding Dong, Rick and Morty. So I can't put Rick and Morty on the show notes for every episode. We keep talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know about Rick and Morty yet, you should have been listening to the last six episodes. Okay, so yeah, they're the two big ones. They are like the cream of the crop. They are way more expensive. But if you are getting into this really seriously and you're going to be traveling full time for a very long time, then you might not consider that. I want one. So uh, yeah, I would like one. And if we Santa! upgrade... <laughs> Christmas isn't far away, Santa. I get better things I want for Christmas, but it's on my wish list one day. So that's the backpacks. Let's do some quick tips on shoes. 
Because as we were saying earlier, we've seen a whole bunch of backpackers getting around with massive walking boots. Yeah, just tied to their backpacks. And it's like, that is so heavy, dude. And they fucking stink. They do stink. You're like, oh my God, we stayed in this place where, the, where these people had left their shoes outside of the room. So it, it wouldn't was in, stink out their shoes, but they stunk out the whole fucking hallway. It was in Vienna, yeah. Instead of stinking out their dorm room, oh, they just left them in the hall. And as soon as you walked wang. in the hall... Whole hall stank. I wanted to throw them out the window. I'm like, seriously, it's disgusting. If you are not going on a massive wilderness hike, you don't need them. This is crazy. So, if you're just a regular nomad who's going around to places that have Wi Fi rather than being on wilderness hikes, please, please buy light shoes. We have Lem's Barefoots. not doing the fucking Camino Trail. No. <laughs> Lem's Barefoots are the ones we use because they're like a natural walking experience. They don't have all of the complicated soles or arch support, which actually means you can pretty much roll them up, put them in your bag, and they weigh like nothing. But they also have this fantastic material technology that actually draws the wetness away from your feet and to the outside of the shoe so it can easily be evaporated. Yeah. And you don't get that stinkiness. They also have boots. They don't just do like walking shoes, which is what we have. They actually do boots as well. So if you do feel like you need that higher, you oh, know, the boots is lightweight. Yeah, they're lightweight they're as well. They're still very lightweight. Yeah, they're and lightweight. Foldable. They fold up Absolutely. in your backpack. Absolutely, which, which is, is really great. impressive. That's very clever. I haven't even looked at the boots. Yeah, so, so they do the boots as well. So yeah, check out Lambs because they have a really great range of shoes. Yeah, and you won't have uh, stinky ass feet. Yeah, links to that on the packing list and in the show notes. Sometimes, if you do have just like stupidly stinky feet, you might get stinky feet. We we hold no responsibility. We're just saying feet. our feet aren't that stinky. Exactly. Which is nice. We we like that. We did previously have Merrells before. Which were also good. They were also good, but I prefer the Lems. Yeah. Overall, I've decided, having tested both, that the Lems are better. Price point's about the same. They're both sort of like around 100 bucks. And I think, yeah, the good thing about this is you could buy a shitty pair of shoes and have uncomfortable feet for the next six months, and you bought your $40 or $20 pair of shoes in Thailand. Or you can buy a really good pair of shoes that last two years. The Merrells lasted two years. The Lems have been a year, almost a year now, like 10 months. We got them about the same time we got the backpacks. Yeah. They just, they keep going. They're really good, durable material. Like, yeah, just get good shoes. I Them and a pair of flip-flops. I, I need to get, like, good flip-flops or good sandals because I keep going through flip-flops, like, every three months. Yeah, your flip-flop disaster is a continuous problem. <laughs> now, flip-flops are something we always travel with. That's, like, our backup shoes. I'm so, Australian. I like wearing, well, we call them thongs. I like wearing thongs. It's nice to have free feet. Yeah. I don't like having my feet bundled up in a shoe. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Plus you're not going to walk down to the beach in walking shoes. You're going to walk in for No. So I don't know if anyone out there has any recommendations, but I seriously go through, I, I admittedly, I buy just cheap flip-flops, but I go through a pair of shoes every three months. I have a recommendation. You should become a man you should come to Thailand and you should buy keto brand flip-flops. I buy keto brand flip-flops every time I come here. We are not affiliates with these people. You can't no. get them on Amazon as far as I know. I'm just saying. It's random Asian I brand. have had three pairs of keto brand. I bought my first pair in 2011. I have never needed to like have to buy another brand. If I come to Thailand, I get them here. If I go and buy flip-flops somewhere else, they fall apart in three months, you just try. like yours. Yeah, These try. things last over a year. For seven or eight dollars. But they don't make women's ones. No, they don't seem to make women's ones. And also, women's shoes, you can't get any grip on the bottom. Apparently, we're meant to slip and die wherever we go. As you did in China. Oh my god, I slipped and bruised. Oh, I fell down some stairs because I didn't have any grip on the bottom it of my shoes. It was a very wet day and we were trying to get to a train station or something with big backpacks straight down a big concrete set of stairs. That, I cried. That was not a good day. I had people stopping to ask if I was okay in the middle of China because I was in tears. So, you know, shoe companies out there, soles, like non-slippy, like don't let me fall on my yeah. ass, soles would be nice for women. Please make some traveler flip-flops. Like, I'm sure there are. I think like reefs and those sorts of things are pretty good, but I don't know what the soles look like. They don't necessarily show you that on the photos. If you get it on Amazon, you see the top of the shoe and they're like, look how Side pretty the shoe. shoe is. It's like, well, is the sole going to let me stand up or am I going to die? 
I don't know. Let's not talk about shoes forever. Let's just wrap the shoes thing up. Uh, Megzi also has a pair of ballet flats for nicer occasions. We got them in Morocco cheap. They fell apart. They also like to fall. We have to glue them back together occasionally. It's not great. You can pick up those cheaply wherever you are. So whatever. For colder weather, as we were in colder weather, instead of buying massive hiking boots, which would be ridiculous, we just bought really, really, really thick socks, like big woolen socks. That, yeah, that worked all right. We made it through the winter with just our regular walking shoes and thick socks. We weren't in snow or no. anything like that because snow is silly. If you go into a snow destination, my suggestion is to go to somewhere else <laughs> because snow is really cold. Really cold. Don't go there. Unless you go in skiing on a skiing holiday, go, don't go to snow if you're, just, if you're just hanging out doing some digital nomad shit. All right, we've got to move this along. So let's talk about what we are glad that we overpacked. What things have we like not minimalized on that have actually we've gone cool? I'm glad we didn't chuck that out. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of packing lists that are like, I travel everywhere with four pairs of underwear. Piss off! What? If you are wet, okay, so you must be wearing them inside out till forever, like forwards, backwards, insides, outside, sideways, because seriously, like you just go through underwear. And if it's like, like we are, you know, when we were in Thailand now, it's hot, it's sweaty. Don't, don't rewear that. Don't be rewearing that. Nah, it's going to get more, a bit gross. And uh, underwear is light, so just carry it. Yeah, I think on the article we've put five as a guideline. But I'm I've, carrying five now and I need more. Yeah, you need more. And I've, I've got eight. I just, I know, how did you end up I just didn't throw any out when we left Romania. I just went, I'm keeping all of these because I know that when laundry day comes around, it's going to be so freaking annoying. I don't like Plus, hand washing. You have to do laundry day really often because the underwear always disappears first. You can re-wear shorts. You can re-wear t-shirts if it hasn't been too hot. You can go out without wearing a t-shirt and just wearing a bikini top or not wearing a bikini top, depending yeah. on whether you have tits or not. I don't know. Some people have tits. I have man tits. It's different. They're not that big. They're average size. <laughs> so you don't have so, to bikini them. No, I don't have to bikini them. I'm no. allowed to go out without. So, you know, you don't necessarily get through that much stuff if it's really hot. Well, I know people that travel with like 20 pairs of underwear because they're like... That might be overkill. Yeah, but you know, that's their thing. They're like, no, nah, I want to have, I don't want to have to clean my underwear all the time. I want to have... Enough underwear to last, so that's their thing. I think seven or eight, because that gives you the full week. Yeah. And you don't have to keep hand washing them every day and then leaving them to dry. If you're moving around fast, laundry is a pain in the ass. It's all right if you're staying somewhere for a month, but yeah, if you're moving every three days, like we did through Central Europe, like, oh my God. How are you? Yeah, and then you stand up wearing it back before you leave. Exactly. Oh, other things that we still have. I mean, I have my DSLR camera. Swapping that out for a mirrorless would mean less weight, much, much less weight. But of course, we would have to spend lots of money on that, and technology companies don't seem to give away full cameras for free to travel bloggers. Maybe if I Some was of them huge, do. Some of them if do. I was like one of the top photographers on travel, if I was getting published in Nat Geo, then maybe I would be getting a free camera. But right now I'm not getting a free camera, so that's very upsetting. But still, yeah, a brand new mirrorless would be the way to go. Those were not big when we got the DSLR two years ago. They really existed. I mean, they yeah. probably did exist, but they were probably maybe, maybe they just weren't doing them well enough. Yeah. Because now... It's like, well, mirrorless are sort of pretty much catching up with DSLR. There's a lot of DSLR photographers who are going, actually, the mirrorless is doing the same job. Why have you got a massive camera? Whereas there's the purists going, no, DSLR or nothing. Oh, it's always the way. But we are glad that we have it because, you know, it's an it's a main part of our blog. It's photography is what we pitch to companies. Uh, you know, it's it's something that's really important. Yeah, if we were just using a phone or something to take our photos, we wouldn't be getting half the things we're getting when we pitch. Because, like, we do photo shoots for people. That's part of our pitch. That's a really useful part of our pitch. Depending on what you're into, if you're a blogger listening, uh, then you might be doing video for people. You can pitch whatever you like. We talk about pitching back in episode 40, I believe it is. Mm. Episode, so travelfreedompodcast.com slash 040. We're talking all about how we pitched lots of companies across Europe. We also talked about laptops earlier. Oh, that's true. We, Not in episode 40, but in this episode. No, yeah, earlier in this episode. So, yeah, I already have the Air, which is really nice and really easy to travel with, but it would be really great to be able to upgrade Tom's computer, which we said. Yes, go for the retina. So that's one of the things we'd swap out. Also, as a blogger, I think, 
I think you probably need more than just like a basic Chromebook. Like we could have gone, okay, these are really cheap. Let's leave the MacBooks at home and buy a $200 Chromebook, which is what a regular backpacker should probably do. That's a good idea. If you're just traveling for a few months, grab a cheap laptop rather than taking a massive giant old MacBook or buying a brand new MacBook, which totally. is going to burn your entire travel fund. But for us, we need the better MacBooks, the better <laughs> laptops. A couple of other awesome accessories that we travel with is a flat pack toiletry case. We traveled with a regular toiletry case for ages and it'd be like, what happened to the thing? I can't find the thing. You told me you packed it in here. Where is it? And then you've been like pulling everything out to try and find it in the bottom of this case. If you have a flat pack, you just roll it out and everything is there to be Much viewed easier. and found. Because it's all just in little, little layers all in a row. It's really good. So at the moment, we have a shitty old one that we stole from your mum. Yeah. But uh, we. Thanks, mum. Yeah, we would like to replace that one day. Ebags has a really fantastic flat pack that we have been drooling over for a while now. So we we almost got it. it. We pitched them, and then they emailed us back too late, and we're like, "Sorry, guys, we're leaving the country." Yeah, and we didn't get it. It's a bit of a shame because we were going to get it. We still would like to have the opportunity to work with those guys one day. Another super important thing that's random. We're not going to go through all the items on the list we said, but just one other I wanted to mention is gaffer tape. Oh, it will save your life, literally. This is the most useful random thing that we carry. We actually fixed a car radiator hose in the middle of the Gobi Desert. We were stuck in the desert for like 19 hours trying to fix stuff. We managed to fix the radiator with gaffer tape. You can tape up your shoes. You can tape up your holes in bags. You can, yeah. It tapes everything. Like seriously, you need to travel with this. It's like the thing you have to have. Yeah, but get the compact rolls rather than the ones that have the big ring in the middle. You can get the ones that have a little ring in the middle and so they don't fill up your entire backpack. Plus those massive rolls that you get like 50 meters on weigh like half a oh, kilo. Yeah, they're really So heavy. you need a small one anyway, but it's good to just have a bit of that with you at all times. So um, yeah, that's the things that we've got that we maybe shouldn't have, but we reckon are actually pretty good. Uh, what else has worked really well? What hasn't worked? And what do we actually miss? What is it that we're like, shit, I wish I could carry this, but I can't. Okay, so I personally really wish we'd ditched the video camera ages ago and upgraded to like a fancy new smartphone that can do all video, pictures, all that social media stuff that I want to be able to do. But to be completely honest, like that stuff didn't exist. Like smartphones are not where they are now then like you know yeah three years ago they the were pretty, smartphones they weren't, weren't the camera quality was not good enough for doing online video and being taken seriously it was fun stuff you post on facebook which is fine because at this point we mainly seem to do just fun stuff on periscope and facebook we've actually really not had time to edit full we've professional got so video. much video that we haven't edited oh we've got like 200 gigabytes of video right. from the last three years right. that has not even been looked at things i miss i actually miss back to the underwear having pretty lacy underwear that's just a girl thing i really like having lacy underwear i don't know if i should be mentioning that on a podcast but uh they're not very practical to be traveling with so i miss that just a girl thing i also miss having a variety of clothes to wear because i'm a girl yeah, you could be carrying 200 outfits, but that wouldn't fit. It wouldn't fit, and I miss having different clothes to wear. And I miss my memory foam pillow. Yeah, memory foam pillows are awesome. We had, back in Brisbane before we left, we had a memory foam mattress and memory foam pillows, and I'm, that, I miss that because every hotel room you go to has a different pillow, and sometimes you score, and you're like, yes, this is the best pillow, but most of the time it's like, this is the worst fucking pillow. I've Like, I wouldn't give this to my dog to sleep on. <laughs> Yep, fair enough. Anything else? Just overall, pack more underwear, people. Yep. You can never have enough underwear. More That's underwear. That's the main one. Pack okay. more underwear. So for me, I would say having to refill all those little 100ml bottles all the time is a real pain in the ass. It's really quite annoying. Honestly, other than that, I mainly just want to do what I've talked about already, which is swap out my DSLR for a mirrorless and swap out my old MacBook Pro for a new, much lighter, shinier, faster MacBook Pro. I do prefer real towels to travel towels. Yeah, microfiber towels, as much as we do really enjoy traveling with them because they're light and they dry quick and stuff, if you're not in a hot climate, it doesn't dry you that well and you're kind of like, I'm still wet. If you get the really good ones, I would say get the really good ones because I think when we started out, we had better quality ones. 
and they eventually got worn out. But they did sort of pull the water off you pretty well. Yeah. And then we bought cheap ones when we were traveling. It and just did nothing. Just it useless. just moved the water beads around in my body. And I'm like, I'm still wet and it's cold. I don't like this. Yeah, sort of weird. But, I mean, either way, we would have traveled with travel towels. We have always traveled with travel towels until recently where now we have, like, very light, very small non-travel towels because we do. Because we can't find we, the good we travel towels. Because we were in Morocco and that's, we Morocco, what was that's what we could get. We would have traveled with them anyway, we have, regardless of the size of backpacks. So I'm just going to have to put up with that. But fortunately, a lot of places we stay and they provide towels. Yes. So we should probably mention the reason why we do travel with towels is because not always will you get a towel in some places if you're staying budget. And also, that towel, you may not want to touch your body with it. Yes. Well, maybe not if you're in real budget. But if you're in a sort of like an average place, if you take like an apartment for a month, which, you know, we do that relatively often, we try and get a slightly more long term thing. The towels won't be provided, probably. Depends where you are. Some yeah. places will, but a lot of places won't. So then you just have to buy towels. Sometimes we will just buy towels anyway because we want proper towels and it's like 10 bucks. But otherwise, if you're buying new towels every month, why bother? Because you're going to need travel towels anyway for those occasions when you need them. We've got them. You can travel without a towel if you want, if you're mental. We can talk about towels for the next half an hour if we want to make what this episode really exciting. What exciting podcasting this going on right now. Welcome to the Towel Podcast. I think we're going to do an entire episode just on towels. 40 minutes on towels. Towels. We could do an entire <laughs> podcast series on towels. Today, travel towels. Oh, Tomorrow, fluffy towels. <laughs> the next day, towels that clean floors. Shamwow. Shamwow towels clean your floors quickly. <laughs> in case you're getting confused, that was not an advertising segment in our show. Please do not buy Shamwow towels for your backpacking needs because that would probably be useless. I don't think you need it. Okay, so anyway, just a few other little things. Funny thing was when we repacked for hot weather and ditched all our cold weather gear, I actually felt very liberated about that. I was quite liberated when we first went carry-on, and then when we ditched even more stuff, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, so even though we said that we missed stuff, like, we like, come on, it was petty stuff. Yeah, it doesn't it, really matter. No, really. The technology stuff would be better if we had it, but it's like, we yeah. put up with it for now, yeah. whatever. So, traveling with less has not inhibited us in any way, shape, or form. It's, it's almost like a challenge. In a way, but it also, like, when you're carrying less on your back and carrying it around, it's just, it's better. Yeah. You appreciate it more, and it's like, why did I ever think I need... You see those people, like, you see those new newbie backpackers, and they've got these big backpacks, and you're like... What do you have in there? They've got like an 80 litre backpack on the back and, and then a 20 litre day pack so on the full. front. And, and then they're carrying like something else in their shoes hands. Shoes are tied to the back. And like, I was where, like, what do you where have? Where are you going? What do you have? I want to know. I just want to open up. I want to have, have x-ray glasses into their backpacks and see what they have. Because we never had that much shit to start with. No. And I just don't know what they're traveling with. I mean, really, we just, we reorganized quite well. We've only dropped, well, initially when we went cold weather, we dropped about five kilos from what we had just by redistributing for our new backpacks. And then when we went hot weather, we dropped like another five kilos, six kilos, because it was all cold weather crap that we didn't need, that we were faking at the airport, pretending we're like, I'm so cold, I'm wearing my coat, like I'm actually sweating my ass off. <laughs> so yeah, repacking at the airport is very annoying. So the more we downsize, the less repacking we have to do, which is great. Being bloggers, we also ditched our business cards. This yeah. is a big thing that a lot of bloggers talk about because it's like, oh, I'm going to this conference and I need to have such and such business cards. You need to have cards. a kilo of how business can, cards. How many should I have? Oh, you should have like 500. And we were travel. We did. We traveled with business cards for ages. And then we were like, fuck this. Yeah. And so, I don't know. We're going to turn up to T-Bex in a couple of weeks and we're going to see what people think. But we have a stamp. We got a specially designed stamp that has our logo it has like our we can stamp anything we can stamp, we can stamp people. people yeah i'll stamp your forehead and then you'll never forget me yeah so you know we can recycle get recycled paper and just stamp it or you can get a napkin and just stamp it so one it's better for the environment because you're not getting all these bullshit business cards that someone's going to throw in the bin anyway made up and you know they can just throw away a bit of cardboard that you had lying around the unit too it wears it weighs 100 grams it doesn't weigh a kilo of business cards or half a kilo of business cards. It's 100 grams, if that. Uh, it does 10,000 stamps. I'm sure that's an exaggeration. It will never do that. But even if it does 5,000, how much does it cost to print 5,000 business yeah. cards? Because it costs us like $20 to get the stamp. It might have been less. 
It's not yeah, a lot. About 20 bucks. I know we said previously that we were going online, like digital. Sadly, that that whole idea didn't actually work. There was not enough internet at Costa Brava. So every time we're like, we'll add you with our business card, the internet oh, the didn't work properly. Down. Yeah. So that was the big problem with that, which is why we have the stamp. So maybe this time we'll do a bit of a mixture between digital and stamp and then we're hoping that the digital world will catch up with our brilliant ideas of having digital business cards yeah and then we save all the paper and stop wasting everyone's admin time on typing in data entry for everyone's freaking business cards which is a waste of our time but everyone else keeps giving us business cards as well it's the done thing people don't seem to want to move on anyway final thing i missed the pen knife because that nasty man in morocco took it off me we have not figured out how to open a beer bottle with a lighter how and we have tried. We've, We've watched videos YouTube, on YouTube. Like, and we looked what? up, you know, wiki how and all that sort of stuff. It just, we just seem to be like breaking the lighter apart to the point where we're like, if we don't stop, we're going to get lighter fluid all over us and we're going to create a spark and blow ourselves up trying to yeah, open which this will be beer. Fun. But on the plus side, now we're in Thailand, like we can't drink wine, so we don't need a corkscrew. So we lost a corkscrew, but the wine is all screw cap actually even if we did want to buy wine. That's good. And, Otherwise, and we have found magical ways of opening beer, like with window ledges, and I opened one on the hotel safe the other day. Yes. That was fun. Needs must when you want a beer. <laughs> Okay, it's almost the end of the show. Oh, travel homework. It is travel homework time. All right. I think you probably have a bit of an idea of what's coming. Mm -hmm. It is time to minimalize your travel life, people. So if you're getting ready for your trip, start with the right foundations. Seriously, get it right first time round. The get stuff's it right available now. It wasn't available when we started, or if it was, it was so obscure no one was buying it. We didn't hear about it. We didn't know about it. You know, things are always changing and can be difficult. I can remember when I was working on ships and I wanted a Kindle and I went back to Australia and I was shopping around going, can I have a Kindle? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm traveling with all books. I'm still traveling with physical books. I want this Kindle that I saw in the States. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Now everybody owns a Kindle, but I wanted one at a time where you couldn't get it. So technology changes and things improve. So naturally, you know, some of the things you get today might not be great in a couple of years time, but at least give yourself the opportunity to have the right foundation now and don't start traveling with stuff that's already like five years old. Yeah, exactly. So check out travelfreedompodcast.com slash packing. That will redirect you to our big packing list on backpacking for beginners for all the basics. Um, everything else is on travelfreedompodcast.com slash 059, which is the show notes for this episode. Plus we are now including our mini scripts which are not that many. Actually, there are quite a lot of the content that we use to think about what to say during these episodes is uh, pre-written out. We don't say it how it is, so what you read on the screen will not be what we've actually said in the podcast episode. Don't but try and sync it up. It no, it, it's going to be awful. But There's it, a lot more fucks that I say than what's in the script. I don't put the swear words in the script because <laughs> you, you have a way of adding them naturally. It's a without. talent. It's a God-given talent. Exactly. So, yeah, if you do want to just skim through some notes from this, it's all on those show notes, travelfreedompodcast.com slash 059. Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at travelfreedompodcast.com. Join us again every Monday to learn how to supercharge your online income and travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at mytravelfreedom. Or email info at travelfreedompodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. Catch us again every Monday on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.